0: Welcome to the Kassafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Say.
1: Hello again, I'm Mark Gleason, and
2: happy to have you back with us once more. Yes, it's good to return again with some exciting guests on the Casafa Show. And thanks again to all of those who've given us such positive feedback following our first two shows.
1: Once more, we look at what's happening in the Kasafa region, that is to say, Southern Africa. And on this show, we have another interesting lineup of guests. We start with the Zimbabwe international Ovidi Karuru, whose exploits in the Kasafa Cup have
2: already earned him multiple winner's medals. We talked to the SUTU coach Tabo Sonong as the Quena should soon be stretching their post-lockdown legs again and look to get ready for the resumption of the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers later this year. And the president of the
1: Namibia Football Association, Ranga Haikali, joins us to better explain the decision to expel the professional league from his association, plus the way forward for football in his country once the COVID-19 lockdown is at an end. First up, we speak to Stellamos FC and Warriors midfielder Ovidi Karuru, no stranger to
2: success in the Kasafa Cup, having first played in this competition all the way back in 2008. His magnificent six-goal haul in the 2017 competition helped Zimbabwe sweep to the title, a feat they repeated the following year as well. Thanks so much for joining us. And first of all, what is it about the Kasafa Cup that seems to bring out the best in you?
3: Uh, First and foremost, thank you for having me on your show. And... um, all I can say about the Ko is it is a such a tournament you know most of uh, of the players who play here in South Africa they come from these countries so when it comes to Ko it's always a competition especially between Zimbabwe and Zambia we call it the Battle of Zambezi so it always motivates us as players most we have a lot of uh, Zambian players and I know here in South Africa they don't really care much about uh, about the the cossava, but us in Zimbabwe a tournament is a tournament we always want to win, always want to to gain confidence. Because these tournaments they bring confidence to us as players when it comes to national teams. So it's also a chance for us to to fight with the you Euro- Euro- European best players when they come for Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers and uh, and World Cup qualifiers. So I think it's a good stepping stone for us players who are playing in South Africa the coaches can see what we can do when we join the national team, Jesse.
1: Ovidi, this has been a a little bit of a disjointed year for international football for obvious reasons, but you were named in the Zimbabwe squad for the March qualifiers that were then obviously postponed. Um, We are hopeful that those will be played in November. And that means for you, a doubleheader against the African champions, Algeria. What sort of challenge do you think that'll be?
0: Ah, uh,
3: it's not gonna like like I I, uh, I think you saw it in, uh, in Egypt. Uh, if only it was not problem about financial problems in Zimbabwe. It's a good team there, a team that could uh, that could uh, could have gone further in the tournament. But due to the challenges that we face in the country, I think that uh, those were the distractions that we had. But I think uh, we have a good team. We have quite a number of good players who are playing in Europe uh, who are able to come to the party when we play against Algeria and uh, I think we are ready because uh, nowadays I think it's not about the name it's about how you feel as a team it's about the self confidence that we have in our team because we have been playing together for quite a long time now and uh we know how we know how we we have to play with each other we understand each other better so i think uh it's not going to be tough that tough because uh, imagine last time we, we Went on to beat uh Gerasi in Gerasi. so anything can happen in is about how you take the game when you go there.
2: Added to that, you have South Africa, Ghana, and Ethiopia in your twenty twenty-two World Cup qualification group. Is it maybe a, a blessing in disguise to have a Bafana Bafana side that you know so very well?
3: Yeah, we we have been we've been waiting, like we have been waiting to play as long since we played Bafana Bafana. And uh, we always want to play against South Africa because uh, when we are here at our clubs, uh, we talk about it that Zimbabwe can never beat South Africa or something like that. all we, we have missed the battle of Limpopo. I think uh, that one is going to be our toughest, uh, toughest game. Both South Africa doesn't want to lose against Zimbabwe and we don't want to lose against South Africa. When it comes to, to, to Ghana, And and the other team, I think we just have to go there and uh, and come out with the result. Then we we take the reverse fixture at our home ground. But against South Africa, there's no home, there's no away for us, especially players who are playing against South Africa. So it's going to be a tough one, but uh, all I can promise is uh, I don't see us losing the game.
1: Hmm. you you. Um, we mentioned at the top of the show that you first played your, your first Kusafa game at Secunda against uh, Zambia back in 2008 you actually started your international career in 2007 so that's 13 years of international football what's the secret then to, the, to that longevity
3: yeah I think I think it's about how you take care of yourself in this end because uh, me when I first played uh, for national team I was I uh, was uh, it was 2007, yeah, when uh, Mapeza, who was coaching, um, uh, what do you call it, cheaper. He called me because that was my first, uh, first year in Zimbabwe in Premier Soccer League. And uh, I was doing good uh, with my club. Back then, it was Mastrongo United. Uh, and uh, he called me for national team. So it was, I think, a dead of uh, after a couple of nations qualify or something. So that was my first international cap at the age of uh, 18. <laughs> So after that, that's when I could see that uh, my life depends on football. So I started working more harder because I didn't want to disappoint those who were supporting me, especially my family. They've been very supportive, but uh, it hasn't been easy. You know, in football, there are ups and downs, but it's how you you take it mentally as a player. Because um, I believe that as a soccer player, your story has has to have a meaning so that when you try to tell other youngsters who are coming up, your story, they will be motivated that okay, we well, he defaced this, but he still continued playing.
2: And what do you know about the news and Coach, uh Zratko Logorozic?
3: Ah, uh, to to be honest, I don't know much about the I don't know much about the coach, but from what I've heard from the other players who were in camp, was they were supposed to go for a channel tournament. I from what I've heard, they say he's a straightforward coach and uh, he thrives on discipline. He says some of them players were late for 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 lunch or dinner. They were almost out of camp. So I think he's a strict coach. And in terms of tactics and everything, I I don't know much about him. I think I will have to find out if we get a call up in November for Africa Nations
4: Qualifiers.
2: We've seen a steady stream of Zimbabwe players excel in South Africa over the the years, more so perhaps than from any other country. Why do you think it is that Zimbabweans seem to settle so well in the PSL? Uh, Like back in the days when we
3: we were growing up, like, you know, everyone was coming down South, like everyone, like you say, I'm going to South Africa. So I think it's a thing about Zimbabweans liking South Africa, because most of them, they know their families Yes, Some of them, they have even relatives who are born here. So I think it's the thing about Zimbabweans that we, we like South Africa. I think it's because of the challenges that we have. And I think Zimbabweans are more hard workers than like people from other countries, because in terms of uh, the currents in Zimbabwe, I like get the moment we have the currents. So if someone comes to South Africa and makes maybe 10,000 rand. He can take care of the family. So I think when you come here, we know the reason why, why, why we are here. And I think the South Africans, they made it clear that they want five foreign players at a team. So, you know, if you're a foreigner, you just have to die in the fish, working hard. So I think it helped us that we know, like, okay, I can't go back and play home. because at home is tough. Because where people are coming from, they is is, is is tough. Some of them, maybe if you change their money to runs, it can be less than 2,000 runs a month. There's nothing you can do with money like that. Because most of the soccer players, they come from poor backgrounds. So once you start playing soccer, you become a a, a breadwinner for the family. So imagine if you know that you have a big family behind you that is supporting you, that you have to feed, You just have to work hard as a player.
1: The last question we wanted to ask you was um, your coach... Steve Barker says that he wants his side to be the best team in the league for the last six matches of this elongated season. That means possibly a top eight place for, for uh, Stellenbosch. Um, how much of a lottery do you think these next couple of months are going to be, uh, particularly given the fact that you guys have been, everybody's really been on the sidelines waiting for five months now to get back onto the field?
3: Yeah, the good thing is, uh, is our coach is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a good motivator. Like, sometimes the way he says to us as players, the way he believes in, in, in his players, it's, it's the one that pushes us as a team because he believes that we can do it. So if, if the father of the house believes that his children can do this, then it's for us players now to, 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 to fight for our father. So I'm sure everyone knows what our father wants. And uh, I'm sure everyone is ready to fight. Because we know these are going to be six tough games. It's like cup final, six cup finals that we're going to play in the next uh, one month or something. So I think everyone is ready. And everyone has been working hard and training. And uh, our leader believes in us. And we're just going to go there and fight for our coach. Because, you know, once you see your coach saying things, maybe in the press or somewhere, then it means he trusts his troops. So we just have to go there to fight for our coach so that, you know, when people start writing, bad, they won't be able to write bad things about our coach. So as we are ready to fight for the coach, whatever the coach says, we're going to fight for it. The coach believes that we can make it into top eight. By God's grace, we're going to finish in the top eight.
1: It is a great delight to have with us one of the up-and-coming coaches in the region, and something of a
2: rarity in that he's from one Kassafra country, but the national coach of another. Yes, welcome to Thabo Sanong, who has taken South Africa to the Under-20 World Cup on two previous occasions, but is now in charge of the senior Lesotho side, a post he assumed this time last year.
1: Coach Sanong, thanks very much for your time. One year in charge of Lesotho in August. How has it gone for you so far?
0: Thank you very much, uh, Mark and Nick. Um, yes, and of course, it's been a pleasure. It was a great opportunity for me, but, uh, you know, also for Lesotho, for Basotho and the senior nation. We know that we are we, we, we trying to improve the footballing that we're looking forward uh, to. be one of the fastest growing football nations in the region. And uh, uh, I've enjoyed um, the culture, you know, of the people, the football. And um, yeah, such a massive challenge, huge opportunity for a young coach, but also a great opportunity for players to by someone who wants to move them out of their comfort zone.
2: You speak there of the challenges, coach. What what do you see as the the kind of the hurdles going forward?
0: I think um, it is not a you know a, a secret that uh, we know that Lesotho uh, football we are actually. Um, semi-professional, so it's not an easy phase, uh, especially when you are a national coach. Maybe the second challenge will be the number of players that are playing in competitive TV abroad, overseas, or even in competitive uh, countries like South Africa. We have four players in South Africa at the moment uh, that are representing the two-national team. We also have three student players that are involved in college football in the U.S., so... Forward to see the number growing up, but it is a challenge uh, to have such a minimal uh, number. And then, of course, we're hoping that the number can increase to help some of the players to to go out of place to, to, and maybe go to competitive football leagues.
1: Coach, I mean, it's often said that uh, a small population. Uh, in a country like Lesotho is a resource problem. But I mean, there are people who would say, well, Lesotho's got 2 million, Uruguay's got 3.5 million, and we all know how powerful Uruguay is. Is there is there a way that you can work around this problem of resources, just uh, playing resources, only 2 million people? Is there a way for you to work around it and to become almost a Uruguay of African football?
0: For sure, absolutely. It's very possible, Mark. Number one, it felt, and we think, we believe that having our uh, academy that can help us to build a very solid under uh, uh, national national under 17 team could be the first start because uh, not having enough academies in the country has been a challenge. Because obviously, without the youth, there's no future. With some of the good resources already that we have, like accommodation, training facility. Uh, we can be able to to identify the best talent in the country, maybe possibly a group of 25 to 20 to, to, to 30 players uh, in different districts around the uh, the country so that we can be able to, to fast track them. We all know that um, developed countries rely on developed players for them in academies because clubs have resources. But uh, we traps clubs in the schools that don't have resources it will be very unfair to rely on them to develop players for us. So it is our responsibility as an association in Lesotho, uh, as a football association in Lesotho, to have our own academy that can help us to develop better under-17 players, that will be better under-20 team, and eventually progressing to our senior national team.
1: Coach, uh, we have heard from KEF that uh, obviously September, the international window is not being used by Africa. That was announced by FIFA. The October window is being given over to friendlies because in Africa they don't assume that travel will be likely and only November will you be able to start. So you talk about friendly matches there. Do you aim to use that October window then to maybe play a few internationals? And are there any plans in the offing to get some friendlies, get some friendly action under your legs, as it were, before you play Benin in November?
0: Uh, We had also looked at uh, having a two-legged friendly match with uh, either Malawi or Swaziland. But then um, with with Gambia, we, we thought that and West African opposition can be able to help us to, to reproduce what we're going to face when we play Benin home and away, when we play away and when we play Derali at home. So, yes, these are in the plans, but um, uh, we also look at uh, very close... Um, uh, is because we engage a lot with the uh, Bloomfontein Celtic. It's a pro club in the South African League. And uh, it's just two hours away from where we are in Marseille. So sometimes it suits our logistics. And the kind of competition sometimes could be superior than the kind of co- competition you get when you play against the national team. Because obviously a club has a better tactical rhythm. They are more united. They know each other. They'll always put us under pressure, and I've seen that it's also a possible exercise that is indoors if you want to hide a lot of information from the opponent.
2: And coach, how much pressure is there on you to get to the Nations Cup finals? Because Lesotho is one of a, a shortening list of countries who've not yet qualified for for the continental showpiece.
0: Well, um, but for every well, we can start with every coach will. Every coach loves to help it team uh, or any other country to achieve its ambitions. And so are the players as well. And the players are fully aware that for us to qualify for the Cup will be an opportunity for them to be in the market window and then, of course, um, make history, you know, write history for themselves as footballers of Lesotho. Last
1: question. Coach, uh, Lesotho is often punched above its weight in the Kusafa Cup uh, the previous final and semi-final appearances. Are you going to be using this tournament for new talent for the country when it comes around next or is it something that you're going to chase assiduously with your first stringers?
0: Well, definitely going to make sure that we play our best team possible because uh, working in a country like this uh, that have had players that have never received proper development, uh, we need to be aware that uh, uh, players get better. So players between the ages of 26, 30, uh, that's when they reach their peak, as opposed to other countries all over the world, where players peak at the age of 18 and uh, towards the age of 22. So uh, our best players are between 30. It's always important to play the best players in your national team if you want to get the best result. It is our ambition to uh, trophy and dominate the region before we can even want to be uh, the force in the continent. So winning Kosafa is our priority and players in the country will be the best route uh, going forward.
2: Ranga Haikali was voted in as the new president of the Namibia Football Association in February at something of a turbulent time for soccer in the country. has taken on some tough challenges, as we will hear now.
1: Yes, indeed, Mr. Haikali, a big welcome to the uh, Kusafa show. You've gone from being the boss of a title-winning team, Black Africa, to assuming the NFA hot seat. In essence, one of the first things that you've had to do is to preside over the expulsion of the professional wing, the Namibia Football League, from your association. That must have been really tough, given your background
4: as a former owner of a professional side. Yes, uh, thank you, Mark. Um... Yes, indeed, it was a very difficult task, but I should say that the problems between the uh, former member of the NFA, the Namibia Premier League, and uh, uh, the the NFA started uh, a long way. We had uh, two seasons where no football was played. We had the uh, normalization committee instituted by FIFA to normalize football in their country, which was more to normalize the NFA, and bring certain uh, uh, changes in terms of bringing the members um, up to date, uh, improving the corporate governance, the issue of uh, outstanding qualified um, audited financial statements, which uh, also caused the change of auditors based on uh, some few issues that were not adhered to in terms of the FIFA governance uh, um, committee. So this problem between the NFA and the Namibia Premier League uh, comes a long way and uh, these fights have been going on. So it's something that we inherited. So it's not a new fight. But uh, yes, you are right by saying that uh, being a club owner uh, the pre- uh, in the Premier League uh, makes it more difficult because you know exactly what challenges the uh, top flight uh, league is facing in the country in terms of uh, meeting their objectives. But um I am glad that the, the the members decided to basically move forward and uh, those that don't want to join the bus had to make a, a decision whether they want to toe the line in terms of the directives that were given uh, by the normalization committee and uh, FIFA in terms of no promotion, no relegation, or whether we want to deal with uh, the squabbles that were uh, prevailing then so,
2: what is the the long term solution now for for pro soccer in Namibia?
4: I think with the expulsion of the Namibia Premier League from the NFA, the constitution of the NFA is making provision that uh, organized football will result under the NFA. One, secondly, that the top flight league in the country will also result under the uh, uh, NFA, either either through the member membership of uh, such a league creating a desk that will later formulate their own constitution and then apply to the NFA as member for, of such a league. That is uh, the process that we are going to embark on. We all know about the FIFA eConnect uh, program that is now to register and get a database of all the existing clubs in the country, both in the top flight league, as well as in the first division, second division and their women football and registering, uh, all those players uh, through the new database of eConnect. Unfortunately, like many of the football fraternities in the world or sports fraternities, we are also hit by COVID 19. So we hope that we'll overcome these challenges so that we could, um, after registering the clubs, um, go ahead and then announce the starting of the league. And our resolution in this case is to basically start all the leagues simultaneously so that we don't have. Situation like in the past where the Premier League is commencing and, uh, for instance, the first division for the last three seasons or three years or three soccer calendar years, no first division uh, league was in existence or playing uh, in the country. And that creates the abnormal situation of uh, promotion and relegation or, or, or sports merit where the teams that uh, play in one league, uh, those that are relegated, and then the, um, the next league will have to, to do promotion and relegation. And that goes with the first division as well as the, the women football. Despite having a national team consisting of players from the top league, you, you you have all these squabbles and court cases up and down that are basically hammering the smooth Operations of of, of football or, or, or the leagues playing in the country. So we want to start all these things on a clean slate and make sure that uh, the problems that cause the no promotion, no relegations are not gonna reoccur again.
2: Putting the the domestic league aside for a second, what other objectives have you set for yourself for, for Namibian football in the next few
4: years? Obviously, one of the main uh, uh, issue that has been hampering uh, the 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 NFA was the governance issue. So we have now uh, put up the various statutory committees uh, the disciplinary committee, the ethics committee, and the audit and compliance committee. Those committees have to start working. We have also, uh, as an EXCO, submitted for approval a new policy, and that's the financial policy uh, of the uh, NFA. That deals with uh, a lot of uh, um, issues such as procurement, contracting, uh, suppliers' code of conduct, and so on. So our main objective is to put governance into uh, action, obviously, starting the, the, the football in line with our state of emergency regulations, uh, preparing ourselves for the CHAN and the CAF qualifiers and the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, that's now for the national team. The men's national team, the Brave Warriors, as well as the women' uh, national team called the Brave Gladiators. So those those are our our uh, immediate uh, objective in terms of uh, uh, bringing governance into place, so that these uh, uh, functions can continue to to take place in that fashion.
0: Do
1: you feel uh, Namibian football has been set back a lot by all the scrubbing? Because if you look at the field of play, you Qualified uh, for the African Nations Championships in Cameroon—that is no small feat for for a country that didn't really have a functioning league—and it does speak very highly of the quality of the Namibian players. So, how much of a
4: setback has all of this squabbling been? Yeah, I can say um, the squabbling has affected mainly the domestic leagues. Uh, It's a shame for us to pride ourselves that for the past three seasons there was no first division league playing. We only had uh, uh, the Namibia Premier League playing. However, there was a 14-month period of no football being played in the country. As we were hit by COVID-19, there was no league for over uh, another 12 months. Uh, The league was supposed to end uh, May 2020 for uh, the current season. And by the time uh, COVID hit us, the season was not yet started because of all these uh, squabbles. So we had a situation where uh, not only the chant, uh qualifiers and so on, we had to uh, basically S and NFA for the Brave Warriors keep our national team players fit despite domestic football uh, league being, being in operation. So it cost us uh, quite a lot of uh, planning and perseverance to keep this. These players motivated, knowing well that there are a lot of fights uh, uh, between the the leadership from the normalization committee. So FIFA bringing in a normalization committee is attesting to an abnormal situation, but it all has to do with leadership and not uh, the clubs or, 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 or the players. But we all know when elephants are fighting, the grass underneath is the ones to suffer, and that is a Very, very uh, uh, unfortunate situation where because of infights in the leadership, the players have been suffering without any domestic football being played.
2: All that being said, and just returning to the field of play, what do you see as the prospects of the national team in in the coming years? I
4: think based on the uh, uh, performance they have shown in the last uh, uh, couple of months when we were playing, the players are really motivated. The players are uh, hungry to play football, and all they want to do is just playing football and earn a living. So despite all these squabbles, I am proud to say uh, the players are really willing to go. And, and it, it can be termed as a blessing in disguise, but it cannot continue where the players uh, 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 are in that situation because the, the leaderships continue fighting.
0: And who is the worst dressed? <laughs> Man, no people kill me.
4: <laughs> Catch my starter pack only on SL Radio, brought to you by Soccer La Duma.
1: That's it for another episode of the Kasafa Show. We look forward to bringing you the news and views from the Southern African region in two weeks, by which time South Africa's Premier Soccer League will be up
2: and running once again. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, as well as at cassafa.tv and our website, www.casafa.com. A big thanks to our guests today. and We look forward to bringing you
1: another great lineup next time. Goodbye.